So that's never happened before. I'm going to do the take two. I don't know how that happened. All of a sudden on my screen it just went blank and it said end this video and I just pressed done and just did it again. Sorry about that folks. I have no idea what that happened. Is everyone back on board? You're back. Yes, I'm back. Take two. Take two. So probably that was a sign like let's cut that example short. But the point I'm trying to make is that I was so engulfed in the character with all these traits and because I was feeling lack constantly about self-worth, importance, confidence, money, time, and all, like all of it at the same time. So in order, what do, what do you want when you know you're not feeling well, you know that you're gripped by pain, there is that desire. You don't have to do anything about it. There's this desire, I want to feel better. But the logic that came to me is that if I keep thinking, I'm going to get that same feeling. If I keep thinking that way about this character, I'm going to get the same feeling. I'm only feeling what I'm feeling because I'm thinking what I'm thinking. All right? Now, the tools I had at my disposal at the time was this documentary, What the Bleep Do You Know?, Anita Murjani, she wasn't famous back in the day, used to talk to me quite often, and, and she assisted me. For those that don't know her story, Dying to Be Me is a beautiful book. Um, so I'm recollecting a bit of data from years ago. So what happened is just that was my logic. That's where I went. And to be honest with you, it didn't take me very long to start to realize, to notice. Now, the noticing, I wasn't aware that I was noticing to such a degree. So this is where I'd like to put your hearts at ease. Don't try and think about this too often. The fact is that a momentum will start, will start building, that you will start to become evident that you're not gripped by this pain as often as you used to be. Start to notice that if you start thinking about this, now there's more thinking happening. What we'd like to do is diminish your time in the thinking mind because if you're thinking, 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 there's no space anymore for you to actually notice who you are. There's just this, and like, where are you? Like, you can't really, you're overwhelmed by the gripping and the gripping and the pain and the pain and the pain. So what you just really want is to start to notice the space in between the words. The silence in between the words. You're looking for stillness and silence in between the thoughts. And the mind doesn't like that. It wants to occupy your entire focused attention. It wants all of your attention. Instead, source here wants, is trying to get your attention, but you're, where's your attention? on this character that you believe to be you. I believe to be that character, the one that was unworthy and wasn't important in this world, useless. I'm a useless human being. I got to the point, and I managed to get to blame. I resented those people that my mind would define stupid people. 
Because when, when my mind defines someone as a stupid people, they reminded me of my unworthiness. And I'd get upset with them. Because of your stupidity, I'm reminded of my unworthiness. Because my mind had defined stupid people that they're not, they're not useful. They just keep making problems and creating problems. And they reminded me of my unworthiness. But my mind only defines stupid people because I felt unworthy. They are unworthy. I am unworthy. And only I could define stupid people. They don't exist anymore. At least my, I cannot define anyone stupid anymore. Because everyone, everyone is having an experience. I don't see them anymore. They don't exist. From where I am standing now, everyone are beautiful, whole, magnificent beings. Temporarily in the illusion of this character. Do you know what a blessing it is not to see them anymore? They were there because that is what my mind could see. My mind defined, if your behavior looked like that, you were stupid. If your behavior looked like that, you were superior. And you pissed me off too. So everywhere, everyone was, my mind was giving meaning to everyone. He's better, he's worse. So I, and the feeling was always self-fulfilling of the thoughts. I looked everywhere and just saw pain. I looked over here, there was pain. I looked over there, I was pain. Why? Because I believed to be this character, unworthy, useless. So then I discovered the power of imagination. Oh, that didn't come easy. So what I discovered from that point was, um, I think the secret had come out at that point, where if you'd imagine yourself in a nice car, so now I'm deep ingrained in this character, I have been meditating, so I'm feeling less gripped and more motivated when I woke up in the morning. And then I thought, well, I'll give this imagination thing a try. So I started to imagine it and uh, the imagination just gripped me and pissed me off big time because every imagination from this character's point of view, I'm unworthy, I don't have enough, now I'm imagining myself and now these imaginations are, that is useless, I'm never going to be like that. Who's saying that? The character. So under that state of being, it wasn't helping. It was actually creating more momentum to make me feel more engripped in pain. Now, imagination is gripping me and I can't breathe. I'm like, I, it's a torture. It's a struggle. It's a strain. Because every time I, my mind, my mind, meaning the character I am currently embodied, which is now creating my state of being, I'm now asking it to imagine the contrary. I don't have enough. I want enough. And I'm embodied in this character. And it's a strain. I just cannot believe it. It's too far of a jump for me. 
So when did imagination start to really excite me? I began meditating. And while I'm in meditation, I'm feeling an utter peace because I'm not thinking there, I'm just observing. I'm observing, my noticing my breath, and at some point I start to notice a thought. And then I noticed another thought. And I just look at it. I finally realized I was behind the thought. It dawned on me. I can see them. And they were rising. And I got so fascinated by them that I actually would take my pen and write it down. And then close my eyes. And then and I'd write it down. The Explorer. Back in the day, I was already the Explorer. I wasn't aware of it. And I wrote it down, I wrote it down. I got so fascinated with this process that I'd actually have my computer and back in the day at school we had to learn how to type without looking at the keyboard. That helped a lot. So as I'm closing my eyes and I'm really fascinated by seeing these thoughts and just noticing, so typing, 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 I wrote out thousands of pages and then I read them. It occurred to me how badly I've been talking to myself, the character. I was appalled, appalled. I know, I mean, I'm not recommending you do that because I had, I had a lot of time, you know. Um, um, I wasn't very well health-wise. I had to stay at home. So I had seven months on the couch where I couldn't really move. So um, I had lack of health, lack of time. Um, no, I had plenty of time then. Uh, lack of worthiness, uh, lack of money, lack of confidence, lack of the desire to live um, in a nutshell. So my seven months on the couch was literally researching myself. What is at the operating system right now? What is operating me? So I discovered the identity I was in and my strive for life was to achieve success because then I would be somebody important. I was blessed to find that out right there and then. It was an aha moment that I have been striving for importance. I'm not important enough, I said. And the moment I just said it out loud, there was this magnificent sense of relief because I discovered the carrot dangling in front of me. When you discover the belief that is creating the pain, you've caught them out. And how do you discover the belief? Is by seeing, by taking that step back and noticing. Noticing, as we said yesterday, is not thinking. Noticing is not thinking. That's what happens in meditation. You look, you notice, you recognize recognize the lie you first you recognize the lie I can see awareness I as awareness awareness recognizes mind I as awareness recognize mind so for that is the first step you recognize the mind in action you recognize the mind in action and the more you recognize the mind now you hear the mind and what it's saying. Why does it say what it says? What is it implying? These are the questions I asked. 
What is it saying? Why is it saying this? What is it implying? You've got to go and do that thing. I heard. Why? Oh, come on. If you get that thing, and then, then that will happen, and then you'll get validation. Inquiry, inquiry, inquiry. Byron Katie, by the way, really, really good book. Um, A Thousand Names for Joy, I read. Um, the work, she helped me a lot. Those four, those four questions didn't help me all the time at one place, but I did bring that in mind of the inquiry, you know, inquire. Like, why do I have to do that? I don't feel like doing that. But it was just like I started to notice how I felt when I was in grip and when I wasn't. I started to notice when I was in grip and when I wasn't. Oh, I'm in grip. When I'm in grip, that's it. Anything you do is just going to self-fulfill that same grip. So what happens then, I started to notice when I had moments I was not in grip, and those were my moments I would go and imagine. Because when you're not in grip, you just take the time to just say, you know what, I'm going to go into la-la land, where I don't care who I am, and it felt easy to imagine. I couldn't get past 20 seconds, but you know what? Five seconds here, 10 seconds there. Just to, what happens in imagination is that you're not identified as a somebody. You're beyond yourself. And you're just imagining for the pleasure of imagining. What happens then? Now you have an image which you have turned your conscious attention to. Because that's who you are. You are the consciousness attention. You are the attention. You are the attention. So if a thought arises and the attention is not on the thought, I can have a thought now. Stupid people. Does anything happen? No, because my attention is not on it. It's just here. You can have, have you noticed you have thoughts and there's some, some of them grip you and then you try and imagine and it's not, it's about you are the consciousness focus. You are not what's in front of it. What's in front of it is the character you believe to be and when you put that attention on it, now you believe to be it. That's why imagination from the state of being of the character is unpleasant and feels like a struggle and a strain and causes stress because it is reminding you of what you are not but that you want. That's why if you're in the state of being of lack and a lot of money comes your way, it will strain you even more. You don't want a lot of money when you're under that state of being. You don't know how to enjoy it because the feeling of enjoying is not up to speed with you. What you want is to feel good. What you want is to feel loved. What you want is to feel worthy. What you want is to feel one with your source. That is what you want. You don't want the money. You don't want the fame. You don't want 
the importance, the validation, because it will just keep fulfilling that action and over and over again. And that's why you do what you do every single day. You get up, you go to work, you get validated by your boss. Today, you didn't get validated by your boss. And so it was a bad day. You want proof? Watch that documentary of Avicii, the famous DJ that was 28 years old when he committed suicide. He had everything. He was flying private jets. Everyone loved him. He was the sweetest boy on the planet. Such great talent. He worked with geniuses. Look at his state of being. He was in utter stress and strain. He couldn't even do a concert anymore. It was just too much. Too much. Watch that documentary. I think it's on Netflix. What a beautiful story. But that was exactly, you get everything you want in the sense that when he was making music, he wasn't in grip. He was in grip when he was up on stage delivering the music. But making his music, it was created the abundance. But getting up on stage to actually deliver it, to, get, to keep the momentum going and the validation struggled him. Why? Because validation isn't what you want. He wanted to feel important to himself, loved and appreciated, but not by other people holding his balls in there and saying, I will appreciate you, I will validate you. And if they're not there to appreciate it, he's empty. He's the one that needs to feel the appreciation, not the words, I appreciate you. Hearing the words, I appreciate you, is not the same to actually feeling appreciation. Do you get that? I think we're all mis mis we're misunderstanding that. Even though I say, I love you, with words, if you're not feeling love to begin with, those words will bounce off deaf ears. You must be feeling the love first to recognize the love that when I say it, I am describing my love and it is focused to you. But if you're not feeling it because my words and my love for you, you won't be able to feel it if you are rooted in your state of being, I don't, I'm not loved, you shouldn't love me, I'm not important enough, you've blocked it in the sense I will not feel it. But if you're sitting in a room with these lovely beings that are one in feeling love for themselves, you walk in there and you have no resistance to feeling love for self, it just amplifies. The more people in the room, you can just, it's just like amplification of vibrational this love. And it's just so easy to feel it. We are not accustomed to allowing ourselves to feel. And because it feels so bad, how are you feeling right now? You've blocked yourself. I don't want to feel. But begin to feel what you're feeling. Begin to notice when you are in the grip of pain and when you're not. Because you're not in the grip of pain 24-7. And when you're not in the grip of pain... Make a schedule. I started to schedule what I'm going to do every single day for at least a month. Because if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, 
I decided that when I'm not in the grip of pain, I will meditate. I did. I stuck to my guns because I said, when I'm in pain, it's happening. The wave has come. I will sit and I will allow it as if I actually want it. That's the feeling that when you allow, it's as if, okay, come along. You can be here. You can be here. That's allowing. And then what I did, I've actually written down these, I don't want to forget to say this. I decluttered. I started to see that I would accumulate items to make me feel more important, to make me look important, to make me look rich, to make me look superior. But I wasn't feeling it. So I had a whole bunch of rubbish. Um, people that don't know me, I'm Italian. So the mentality I was taught is that if you've got an Armani pair of shoes instead of just a pair of shoes, same thing, um, it's a sense of importance, it's a sense of status. So all of my belongings had some man's name on it. So I started to declutter. This, and if you want to, I've just discovered on Netflix as well, I love it, uh, Marie Kondo, sweet little Japanese lady. You pick up an item, does it make you feel joy? Does it make you feel joy? I didn't, um, I didn't know about Marie Kondo back in the day, but that's exactly what I did. I kept all my favorite, favorite items. You always wear the same thing. And what didn't give me joy, gave it all away. And I carried on decluttering until I decluttered so much that all I had left was a suitcase with 20 kilos. Oh, and I said, that's fantastic. Everything I like fits in a suitcase, so I'm off. So I decluttered. Decluttering. And what that helped me do was it sort of defined, I got to the point where, I don't know if you'd like to go on Google and you just type in financial free number. It really occurred to me that the things that I had were just trying to make me fulfill that sense of, of I'm important, I'm, a, I'm worthy, but it didn't, it didn't do anything for me. So I got rid of it all. And I discovered my financial free number and I'm like, that's all I need to really be financially free. If you do that, if you like write down exactly is that would allow you to be comfortable, do you really need to buy a $5 cup of coffee? Um, no, I've got my little mocha, I buy my coffee and I make it my own. So. Um, in the sense of, I'm not asking you to save, but I'm just like, focus on what really brings you joy instead of doing these things to try and add on to the character. You'll be amazed at how much, instead of trying to make 10% 10, 10 profit, I was having this conversation with a friend last night, instead of trying to make it, try and see what you really, really don't need in order to add to add on to this character that's feeling lackful, you could make 10, 20% by just eliminating crap that you don't really need, that you were accumulating to make you feel like to look rich and look important instead of going for the feeling.
So decluttering helped me a lot. And remember, I was focused that the only thing I really wanted to do was discover who I really am. Why? Because Anita Murjani, that had a near-death experience, told me, you're not this body, you're not this mind. You are much more. I believed her. But now I needed to find out for myself. So none of this crap was, going, was, was being useful. So now I'm telling you, guys, you're not your mind, you're not your body. Find out. You don't need anything. Everything you actually um, need to create and to see who you really are is focus. Do you have it? Yes, you do. Have you used it? Not too often? Fine, but you've got it. Just get that muscle going. Imagination. You have the ability to do that. You have the ability to focus. You have the ability to imagine. You have the ability to notice, to see, to realize the, still, the stillness, to be in stillness, to notice the mind. Will it take time? It might. What, what do you got to do? You've got to either decide whether this is what you want or you keep tolerating the pain. It needs to become a priority. It became my prime priority. Nothing was more important but to really find out how it is that it feels not to have an issue about importance. What does it feel like to not have the issue of not feeling important enough? I asked myself that question. What if it never occurred to me that I'm not important? What if that never happened? What if I had never come across the idea or the belief or the thought, I am not important? So with the belief I don't have enough, I get this pain and I'm gripped. And what if it doesn't appear? What would remain? So I tried it. Just notice. You are the noticing. You do it a few times. I think this thought. I breathe. I notice. I witness the mind. No grip. You kind of got to do it over and over again to really get the gist of it's happening within me. What's the name of the documentary? What the bleep do you know? I'll put it at the bottom of the... I won't put any comments on this take two. I'll put it at the first one that began. Um, you're under the influence of a character you believe to be. Your character has traits you believe to be. Your character has a name, a gender, a religion, a political view. Yes, everything you think to be. Your character is very useful. This we will jump in on next week of how useful it is. It's useful, but it isn't you. If you're in pain, it's because the pain is there to indicate who you currently believe to be. 
you are not that. And that gave me a lot of relief. I believed Anita. She said it. I, I believed her. I am not this. But now, like you, I want to discover it for myself. I'm not that piece of crap I thought I was. I was not this unworthy human being. I was not 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 important. And that's why it felt painful. Every single time you believe something that you are not, you're going to get an indication. How is that indication going to feel? Very painful. Logic, reverse engineer it. If I am thinking a thought and it feels painful, what does it mean? I'm not that. Let that sit in. So if it's painful, the thought I just thought about myself, who I think I am, that's not me. Write it down. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? And that was another thing in my, in my um, Italian upbringing, was a very, very popular um, sentence in Italian. Chi credi di essere? Ma chi credi di essere? Which means, but who the hell do you think you are? Who the hell do you think you are? But with that energy of like, who the hell do you think you are? It is, what is it implying? You're presenting yourself to, to be so important and magnificent. And now the person that is saying to me feels so small and insignificant, but wants to intimidate me by saying, hey, bring yourself down to my level. That's where you need to be. And this phrase, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? I think I must have heard it about a hundred times a day. Who do you think to? Who the hell do you think you are? What does it imply? I mean, most of us, I mean, I don't know if it's a popular phrase in today's world, but back in the day, it was pretty popular, at least for me. Who the hell, what does that imply? I don't really think I am anything. That's what I wanted to reply. But I was growing up. I didn't have a character. Your children, until the age of 12, that's why they go through such a crisis at the age of 13. They feel the pressure that they need to be somebody. Um, I didn't have a character in my head. I must have been eight or nine. I don't know who the hell I am. Am I supposed to know that? It's just like, who do you think you are? I don't know. I don't think about that. But the energy that was coming through, that, that it was implying that I was thinking to be so prestigious and important and magnificent, they didn't like that. Come down here. You need to think of yourself limited and lackful. That's what you need to be because by looking at you, I feel comfortable now. But when you behave in such a superior way, because that's what their minds are saying, you look so free and happy and joyful. Because that's how I was feeling. Come back down here. And that's why when you are in utter love, and I come into a room somewhere, and someone is feeling lackful and doesn't really like my pumpy and little happy little face, who do you think to be? I, in fact, my answer is, I don't think about a separate character. I know 
who I am. It's love and I'm showing it to you. I'm giving it to you. And I, it's laughter, it's joy, it's appreciation. I can feel that. I wake up every morning and I open my balcony and I greet this world. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I have my stone, my gratitude stone that a beautiful friend of mine gave to me every time. And every time I feel that gratitude feeling, I hold the stone just to root it back in. I know what it feels like. I know what gratitude feels like. I know what joy feels like. I know what love feels like. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Do you? I know what lack feels like. I bump into it. But the moment you recognize lack, you have an experience. The moment you recognize joy, you have an experience. But if you are not allowing yourself to feel, that is the resistance and that is the pain. Wherever you are on this emotional scale, it doesn't matter. Everything passes, everything changes. What doesn't change is the noticing. Noticing. Awareness, stillness never changes. It's your point of reference. That which never changes notices everything that changes. So declutter. Find out your financial free number. Go on Google. I might put that link there too. Get an appreciation stone and just Notice what feeling you're feeling. Don't touch it only because if you're feeling love and very... Touch it when you say, I'm noticing a feeling. I'm noticing this emotion. I'm noticing this emotion. I'm noticing. This is your noticing emotion. Notice it. And then you'll get to the point where you get picky. I'm noticing appreciation. I notice appreciation. But make it your a noticing emotion stone. So you become familiar. You recognize who's recognizing. Awareness recognizes pain. Good on you. You've now noticed the feeling. You see from where you're seeing because the mind doesn't see. The mind is a recorder. It defines, it describes, it labels, it judges, it criticizes. Yep, 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 yep. It's the subtitles to reality. Have you ever watched a sunset? Sitting there watching the sunset. And you hear, isn't it such a beautiful sunset? It's a lovely evening, isn't it? Oh, look at the sun, it's changing color. Have you ever seen something like Have you ever seen something like that? I've never seen anything like that. It's the mind. The mind is describing, defining, subtitling everything. And it comes in many languages. You know, everyone is just labeling, 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 labeling. We label, 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 label. Oh, you look so lovely today. Oh, you're the cutest thing. There's a video I saw someone had posted of a three-year-old or a four-year-old sitting on a couch, and they give her this newborn baby, her little cousin. And she's in awe. And she looks at this baby And she's just, she's speechless. She's connected to it, the three-year-old and this baby. 
the unconditional love, because none of them, neither of them, have an individual character in their mind. The baby doesn't know who it thinks it is. It's not thinking. The little girl at the age of three doesn't think. There is no thinking happening. It's just pure, beautiful awareness, just being allowed into this world. That's why babies and puppies are such a... And in the background, you're hearing the mother or some lady. Isn't she cute? Oh, I love the smell of her breath. It's oh, I love that smell. It just reminds me of this. And oh, isn't it? Look at her little feet. See that? Where's the feeling? The moment the mind speaks, you've muted love. The moment the mind speaks, you believe to be the mind. You've muted source, muted, muted. Every time you mute, mute the mind in meditation and then just notice what is left. Source does not speak in words. The language of source can only be perceived and sensed and experienced You are muting who you really are by being trapped in the mind and believing you are that limited, insignificant character. And you're not. I was at a retreat in Hawaii. I went to see Bentinho there. And there was this guy. I can't remember his name. Oh, I hope I could remember his name. Beautiful soul. He's one of my friends in Facebook, but he goes under the name I Am God. And he's got this massive big hairstyle. And I remember he was staying with us in our house. And we were just connecting. He loves eye-gazing. And all that came up, I had realized, and all I could do was like, I am so sorry. I just kept saying, I am so sorry. Because I just saw the amount of pain that I put myself through. And it wasn't true. And all I could say to him was, I wasn't saying it to him. I was just, and I was in utter tears. And my whole body was just, I am so sorry. I just kept apologizing. I am so sorry for all the pain that I had put myself through. I am so sorry. Because I saw through the lie. That wasn't me. And he had such the patience. I think he gazed in my eyes for about an hour. There was silence. There was stillness. And all I could see was me. Who I really am. No mind. The mind just stands still because it doesn't understand what's happening. So someone's just looking into your eyes and the mind, and after a while it just it settles. Because someone that just looks into your eyes and doesn't say anything for an hour and you don't walk away, you stay. And all of a sudden I just, I just noticed, I recognized that was not me. And... Um, 
I thought I had gone to the Hawaii treat um, to see Bentinho, but he was my highlight. Um, that moment there, obviously being in a big room with all these people focused on wanting to realize who they are, really created the, the environment. But it was that split moment at home. Oh, why don't I remember his name? Anyway, it's not important. It'll come to me. Um, he's a blessed soul. He's is beautiful. I will I will write his name in the comments when I find out what it is. But my point is for today, recognize your character. You're just playing out a character. Oh, the documentary of Avicii. Oh, my goodness. What is the name of it? Marie. I, I don't remember. I don't keep that information. I will ask Marie. Um, I will ask Marie, and I will write it in for you. But do you see how many people have come into how we rendezvous when you're focused on something? So when you're gripped, it's fine. Accept, it's fine. It won't last. And then recognize when it releases. And in that space of release, you look around. What can I declutter? What can I appreciate? What do I like? And really, watch Marie Kondo, the first season on Netflix. The, the joy and the understanding, the clarity that these people have, it helped me. That's what I do. I just declutter and only keep my favorite things. The, my favorite sweater, my favorite shoes, my favorite t-shirts. I don't, I don't have the category of my favorites and the others. There's only favorites. I only have favorites. There's only favorites. There's only what brings me joy in my surroundings. Do I have a lot of material things? Not at all. I only have my favorites. And then when I find a new favorite and something becomes less favorite than the favorite, I thank it, just like she used to say, like she says, but that's what I used to do. I thank it. And then I either give it to someone else that becomes their favorite. You see how we're all connected. The separate character separates you me from them. I am not worthy. You are worthy. You are separate from me. In appreciation, when you're out of the character, meaning you can see the character, and thanks to seeing the character, that's what we're going to get into next week, when you see the character and you say, this is not me, now you know. And guess what? You are source. And guess what? Your source and my source are the same source. We are all one. Your spouse sitting next to you or in the other room, his source is your source. You are already one. So this is what lack is. When you believe to be the separate character, that is what you will be perceiving. When you see yourself, there is no lack. It doesn't exist. It's never existed. It shall never exist. For the only thing that exists is source, light. Darkness 
is the illusion and lack exists there in the darkness. But darkness is the consequence of the resistance of light. Darkness doesn't exist. It is a consequence of the resistance of light. It is what you see when you switch off the light. And when you believe to be that separate character, you've switched off the light. You've muted source. So where is your priority? In the thinking mind? Or do you want to become aware of the thinking mind? You are the thinking mind? You want to become aware of the thinking mind. Thinking mind, become aware. In meditation, you notice, you see, you look, you become aware of the thoughts. Thoughts arise like little... It's talking. You recognize it. You recognize it by... You see, you think you are, you are it because of words, but you'll always have communication with source through here. You'll have a sensation. You'll like have an aha moment. It'll, you'll, the, the communication feels more like an idea, but a lot of people confuse thoughts with ideas. So it'll dawn on you. Like I'll be ironing. That's one of my meditation. I love ironing. It's one of those moments where there's no thinking involved. My mind just goes like, there's nothing here. I'm going to bed. And I iron. I love ironing. Do I need to iron? No, but I love it. I'll iron anything. And it occurred to me, I had an idea. I had to put down the iron and get my pen and write it down. Oh, that's a great idea. Did I think it? No, my mind did not think it. Your great ideas come from source. Because now you're not in resistance. You're not thinking. So what's your joyful activity? Mine's ironing. What's yours? And what happens is that all your conscious attention is just flowing through you with no resistance. That's source. Thinking, thinking, thinking is occupying and distracting your focus and communication with source. I'll end it with that. I couldn't have said it clear. You're not the thinking mind. Now, go and see that for yourself. Now they're starting. Everyone's going. All right, darlings. I'll also end it here. I'll see you tomorrow. Sorry about the two takes. I love you. <laughs>